This is yeah, but you still have to be able to play a full sixty minutes. Yes, but that, that we this is my list. You have your list. I'm giving my list. Is, I think that's th- a terrible. Well, loser. you know what? Well, welcome, welcome to the show that's for all things sports and only sports. Each week, Dan and Drew break down sports' biggest moments and best action. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. This is the Dan and Drew Show. There it is, a win for the ages. Here are your hosts, Dan and Drew Walker. All right, everyone, just calm down. <laughs> calm down. Hey, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode. It is Overreaction Thursday because this podcast releases on Thursday, but it's Overreaction Monday. Dan, the Houston Texans are on their way to the Super Bowl. They got twice as many wins as I thought. They they did. Uh, you have the Tennessee Titans that are going to go home and miss completely miss the playoffs because they got a schlacking by the Cardinals. We already have head coaches on the hot seat. Who's getting fired next week? Yeah, not many, not many coaches. I, I was expecting a quiet response because it's overreaction Monday. People flip out. Teams are already out of the playoffs. This team sucks. These offensive coordinators the worst, unless you are certain teams, which it's valid because they are really bad. Matt Nagy, I think you and I can both agree that he needs to be fired. We thought so last year. We thought so last year, that performance against the Rams, and I know the Rams are good. Mm-hmm. We knew that going in this game, but they are so boring to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Put Justin Fields in already. Tap out. Get Andy Dalton out of there because he was boring to watch. Well, uh, look, we just started this thing and you're already riled up. You didn't am, even introduce yourself. You're, you're, you're Drew. I'm Drew. I'm Dan. Okay, that's all it. Right, that's all people need to know. That's it. Well, we're we're going to talk about every game this uh, week one of football. They're going to talk about maybe some surprising teams, some teams that, you know, we can kind of say, eh. Some winners and losers, really. Some, yeah, winners and losers. But winners and losers. Let's get into the podcast. Start with the game one, the Dallas Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they open up. Fantastic game. Great game. They open up last Thursday night. Dak Prescott, he looks so good. And it's a shame that he played so well and they still lost. Yeah, Barely, though. Barely. You know, after this weekend, I re-listened to our podcast to see what you and I said. And boy, Drew, did we flub up on a lot of the things that we did. But again, this is overreaction week. It's week one. Settle down. Settle down. It is week one. But with Dallas, we thought they were going to get obliterated. And we 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 almost almost ate uh, cold crow. And I even made a wager with a friend of ours. I said, if Dallas wins, I will buy you dinner. And till the end of the game, my cheeks were clenched because I almost <laughs> owed him dinner. Almost did. And, my, and the, the unfortunate thing is, first of all, my fantasy this week did absolutely terrible. Aaron Rodgers got me a staggering six points. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave me a negative three points defensively. It was just not a good, uh, as far as our picks, you know, our, our, uh, I think you went four for six on the pick six as far as gambling picks. I did, yes. Uh, I didn't do so hot. But then our week one picks this week, yeesh, we missed do we poorly. Have, do we have to discuss that? We don't have to discuss it. We can we can move on. But guys, it's week one. Settle down now. Trust the process. But let's talk about the Cowboys and Buccaneers game. Dak Prescott had a great game. The biggest concern that I have for the Cowboys is Ezekiel Elliott had 11 carries. Mm. They had 18 as a team, and Dak Prescott had four of them. So your identity right now is... Let's allow Dak Prescott to throw the ball 58 times in a game. But you made a good point while we were watching it. Mike McCarthy, when he was the head coach of the Packers, that was never their identity yeah. of running the ball. That's why when throw, throw, what, throw. Yeah, when our buddy Michael drafted Ezekiel Elliott in the first round, I was like, mm, you probably don't want to do that because Mike McCarthy does not like handing the ball off. He showed it in Green Bay, and he's showing it now. He wants to throw the rock. Yeah, he wants to throw the rock, and... He has absolute trust in Dak Prescott, and honestly, rightfully so, should trust him because he had an incredible game, and it, it's unfortunate that I was overshadowed by how good the Buccaneers are, but defensively, they didn't look good at all. Mm. Yeah, Dallas was in an excellent position, not only for the game, but even within the division. They're winning this division. I don't care what anyone says. 
You could look at mm-hmm. Philadelphia's performance this past weekend. I don't care. Dallas is winning this division. And the game was much closer than, again, that you and I had anticipated. And uh, this is a great season opener for the NFL. I bet they were ecstatic. that they. Yeah. We said, why is Dallas? I'm cool with eating our words. Because yeah. you and I, we were like, why is Dallas in this game for mm-hmm. week one? It was a great game. Great. So I'm mm-hmm. cool with eating my words. And you and I have said before, when Dallas is playing well, it's good. It's good for football. Yeah. And if you looked at the ratings, it was one of the best openers that they've ever had in the history of football. Anyone who says football is dead. Yeah. Okay. That that's absurd. I consider them both winners, even though Dallas lost this game. Both of them were yeah, I'm very, very impressed. The, the biggest stat that stood out to me though, is Dan, there was only one sack in this game. Hmm. Dallas had no sacks and Tampa only had one. What tells me is when Zach Martin returns for the Cowboys, which they did lose Lionel Collins, the right tackle to PED used for five games. Offensively, both of these teams look really good. And I'm very impressed that Dallas only gave up one sack to a defense that is one of the best, if not the best in the entire league. I'm, I'm very happy with how Dallas performed. Again, they didn't win on the stat sheet. And Greg Zerline, you could yeah. talk about him because he missed two field goals. That. Two field goals. So Dallas has a lot of good things trending in the direction. And you may ask, you know, Drew, do you really like to stick with your original pick as far as their record? I want to stick with it because I think Dallas is still figuring things out defensively. But, man, they look a lot better than they I predicted. Next matchup, let's move to the Sunday games. And there were plenty of them. 14 games this past Sunday, starting at the 1 o'clock games. Arizona visiting the Music City. And guess what? I jinxed myself for week one. I said that Arizona is overrated. I still believe they are. But for week one, they made me truly eat my words. And what, what did they do? Oh, well, they demolished the top three offense from last year. Chandler Jones had five sacks. Four of them were in the first quarter alone. That's it? Five sacks? Five sacks. No biggie. And, yeah, and four within the first 15 minutes. Tennessee lost a huge piece of their offenses past offseason with Arthur Smith going to Atlanta and that has me concerned. They, again, it's just week one, but this is not the projection you want for having one of the best offense, actually the best offense in the league going into week one. Julio Jones looked wildly uncomfortable. And I think a lot of that has to do with he played zero snaps in the preseason. We think that preseason is boring to watch. It yes. is. However, these players, especially new um, additions or draftees, they need to have uh, an, an opportunity to work with their quarterback or on the defensive side to try and find a cohesive unit. Yeah. And the thing is, Ryan Tannehill also missed preseason, not just because mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't play, but also he, he had, had COVID. COVID. Yeah. So if you look at all the quarterbacks around the league that had a poor performance, most of them missed, you know, uh, preseason. So I guess you can consider this like the fourth preseason game. Yeah. This is a lot of teams did not play their tar- star talent for preseason at all. And it showed up this week one game. It just didn't look good. What I'm concerned about is the Titans have Todd Downing as their offensive coordinator. And that's kind of what I alluded to earlier when I mentioned that some had, you know, some offensive coordinators need to be fired. And he's not good. Wherever he's been, he's not been good. The fact that the Titans promoted him from he was a tight ends coach and then you make him your OC after Arthur Smith takes a head coaching job in Atlanta. Todd Downing is not good wherever he goes. So I don't even. I wouldn't even put so much pressure on Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones and and AJ Brown and, and Derrick Henry. I think the play calling was also crap. But I don't want to take credit away from Arizona because they had an incredible game. Chandler Jones was it was embarrassing Taylor Lewan. I mean, he was putting him over his knee and spanking him. <laughs> it looked so bad. And yeah, Taylor Lewan he took credit and said, you know, you kicked my butt today. Thanks for making me better. Well, how many tweets are we going to see of him? saying that he's done something stupid. Well, hold on, hold on. This is his first game back since an ACL tear. So like a lot five of five or something. Yeah, I a understand. A lot of players this past weekend who were coming back from ACL tears didn't do well. Yeah. Saquon Barkley also yeah. didn't do well. Did poor, yeah. Um, so let's pump the brakes on that. But this offense was not anywhere near the offense that we saw last year. Arizona looked exceptional. Kyler Murray, I mean, he was flying around. <laughs> he looked like Russell Wilson, just a little faster that dude is just flying around the entire field. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, he was a slippery snake when mm-hmm. we were watching it. And again, we don't want to take credit away from Arizona because they they played a tremendous game. They were able to contain Derrick Henry. He had 17 carries, only 58 yards. 
I think a lot of people, when I saw on Twitter, was like, did the you know Baltimore Ravens expose to everybody else in the league how to contain Derrick Henry? I don't think that Baltimore did do that. It's game one, week one of the season. Derrick Henry is going to get into full form soon. And we're going to be looking back at this game and we're like, what did Arizona do that they were able to contain Derrick Henry to 58 yards? I saw an article this past weekend that said that Derrick Henry, his legs are too long for him to be able to make short gains. Like all of his gains are, you know, 20 plus yards because he has such long legs and he has cares. He had over 2000 yards last season. I know. know. It's just, well, I mean, it was pro football talk. So yeah, we, so you can, you you can, uh, change that channel because I don't listen to anything they say. Their opinions are yeah. Mike Florio. They, they can't hold water Jeez. on there. Mike Florio uh, and Chris Sims, my gosh. Yeah. What a waste. But we definitely want to give Arizona, I mean, their offense, they had over 130 yards on the ground. Offensively, they look really good. Defensively, they looked even better. Uh, but I don't think that we're going to be talking as in Tennessee is going to be able to, I think we aren't going to be saying they're going to be like this the whole season. Now, are we going to be saying that, that Arizona is going to be this good throughout the season? I don't think so. Again, my preseason predictions have them in, a, in a, a much worse spot than what they performed in week one. Again, we say this every year. It's overreaction Monday. Pump the brakes a little bit. So let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. This game, man, I didn't expect Jalen Hurts to play like he did. I mean, he threw the ball 35 times, 264 yards on, on, in, the, in the air, was only sacked once. They played a good game. We knew Atlanta was going to come in and they weren't going to really be that good. I just didn't think they were going to look this bad. I mean, Arthur Smith, I don't know what game plan he was calling, but Matt Ryan only had 164 yards in the air. 164 yards, Dan. That That is not like Matt Ryan. And collectively, they only barely had over 250 yards in total. Is this something that is going to be what we see going forward throughout this season? Or do we see Atlanta getting better and maybe Philadelphia coming back down to earth because they played a lopsided game? Yeah, it was lopsided, obviously, with only six points on the board. Um, you know, the Falcons didn't even make it to the red zone at all yesterday and, and able to score. Of this game, again, you're right, it was wildly lopsided. Philadelphia had nearly double the amount of total yards than Atlanta. The the stat that I look at for this game and why it's concerning for both teams is the amount of penalties. Atlanta had 12 penalties and Philadelphia had 14. While watching games, we weren't able to see the entirety of this game because, you know, we got 14 games that we have to keep tabs on, but this game was crawling. And a lot of it had to do with, um, it is the first game of the season. You have a lot of rookies who have to adjust uh, to the penalties, but my gosh, when you have 26 penalties in a game, that's that doesn't bode well for the overall um, pace of the game and being able to um, carry the ball consistently or pass the ball. When you're constantly being disrupted by penalties, not only does it mess up the flow, but then it also causes you to be in, you know, I don't know, second and 20 or sure. third third and 20 and not being able to convert a first down. So well, Yeah, and, and what's surprising too, Dane, is this game was 32 to 6. There was no turnovers in this game at all. Not a single turnover. How, how When's the last time you've seen a game this lopsided and not see a single turnover on either side? So they played Good some question. clean games offensively. But their defense is just coasting right now. Uh, Atlanta's offense just looked flat. They looked like they were desperately missing Julio Jones. I don't see Atlanta scoring just six points for the remainder of the season. I think they're going to score more. But it is something to be concerned about. Is Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley going to be able to take over games like Julio Jones did? I don't think the level that Julio Jones did when he was in Atlanta, but they definitely have the ability to do so. Drew, if you look at this next AFC matchup between Pittsburgh and Buffalo, first off, <laughs> I, I thought that Buffalo was going to win. However, I said last week that Pittsburgh was going to win that division, and they're looking uh, pretty good uh, in that effort. However, looking statistically, you would think that Buffalo won this game. They had more yards. They had uh, and the only turnover in the game. They had the most first downs, most possessions. But Pittsburgh defensively, to only hold Buffalo to 16 points is – uh, that's fantastic. That's a great way to start the season. The biggest thing for Pittsburgh was defensively to have that blocked punt returned for a touchdown. Uh, that was the highlight of this entire game. 23 to 16. It uh, wasn't an offensive uh, shootout as we could expect between teams like Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Uh, but Pittsburgh did exactly what they needed to do be, to start the season in what is arguably the toughest division in the AFC. We knew going into this game that their defense was going to be the 
reason why they would win the game. We didn't pick them to win the game, but we knew that their defense was going to show up if they were going to win. Their defense showed up, but their special teams ended up sealing the win. To have the block punt that your almost entire defense crowded the kicker. I mean, there was about five or six guys that were about to get that ball. And because it was close to their own end zone, they were able to block it and turn it into a touchdown. That was the only turnover of the game. So if you look at the stat sheet, like Dane alluded to, a lot of it was they just stopped them. They stopped them on third down. I mean, they the, offensively, the Bills had 22 first downs. Steelers had 16. So there wasn't a crazy amount of first downs, but there also wasn't a ton of penalties too. There was only a, a combined 12 penalties. So it was a very clean game. It was just, you know, who won the trenches and Pittsburgh ended up winning the trenches. It's just unfortunate with Buffalo though. You have your first game back in Buffalo and then you throw out this stinker. But I like Josh Allen's response. He's like, that's why you're playing 17 games. Yeah, and Pittsburgh, this is a much different team than we saw three or four years ago when we had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. You see how quiet it is in Pittsburgh now? Yeah. Even look at TJ Watt, who has signed a massive deal, the highest paid defense uh, defensive player, which arguably he deserves it. But I don't think we discussed it last week, Drew. I think he actually signed it leading up to week yeah. one. Yeah, he, he so. Yeah. Not only do they not have to worry about a possible holdout, T.J. Watt, according to Adam Schefter, walked right into Art Rooney's office with unbeknownst to his agents and said, we got a deal. He didn't want to drag this into the season. He could have gotten more money. His agents um, suggested that he hold out for more, but T.J. said, no, we're getting this deal done and we're moving forward. Yeah, good for him. What 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 was that tweet that you told me about where uh, one of, uh, like a reporter got roasted? Oh, yes. It was um, Field Yates. Field Yates. Field Yates um, said he signed his contract and the next morning he woke up at like 6.30 a.m. and went straight to the gym. And everyone in the tweets... Well, and, and it said like... Uh, oh, like, like, like his brother, Yeah, his... J.J. Watt did the same thing. Like, it runs in the family is what he said. And people... <laughs> work roasted, runs in the family. Yeah, work runs in the family. Oh, waking up to go to the gym. Oh, that runs in the family. Like... Oh, going to your job. Oh, that runs in the family. Like, they they field, act like... The, Field Yates acts like... And I like he him. Would, he was tone deaf in but that instance. Yeah, he acts like that's something that nobody does in life. Like, he's getting paid over $100 million to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, go to the gym and work out. Let me tell you what, Dan, if I got paid a hundred dollars. There's a lot I would do just a hundred dollars. Sorry. A hundred, hundred million. My bad. Not for a hundred dollars. That'd be a little sketchy for a hundred million dollars. There was, there'd be a lot I would do. Might question who I am as a person, but I would do it. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I, but again, people think that athletes, when they do these crazy routines and they're recording them and like, man, these people are gods or whatever. They're pampered they're, though. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely pampered. Don't, Let's not sit here and feel that we have to, you know, empathize with them. Yeah. They have the best training. They have personal chefs. They have nutritionists. They have trainers, not only or medical staff. Like they are completely taken care of. Yeah, I'm yeah. not, especially least. football players. Football players are even on the collegiate level. Yeah, they they are taking care of more than yeah. On you could talk about college football. They're taking care of better than a lot of pro like athletes, like hockey players, for instance. Yeah. Let's not get to that, but let's talk about the Vikings and the Bengals. This game, Joe Burrow looked pretty good. Him and Jamar Chase, they were back at it. They they looked like, hey, we just were in college last year, even though they weren't. Jamar Chase was still at LSU. Joe Burrow obviously had his rookie season ended short. But that connection, did you see that video that LSU posted when they had a like an overlap of the Bengals touchdown and LSU's touchdown? Mm -mm. It was really cool. You can look at it later. I got I encourage you guys go to LSU. I think it was his their Twitter. But they had a, when Joe Burrow threw that touchdown pass to Jamar Chase, they did like an overlap of how it was in college when they did it and also with the Bengals. So it was just something cool to look at. The Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connection looks really scary. And if they can keep this up, I think they're going to be good. Again, Dan, what was the biggest thing that I said about Cincinnati going to this game? What was the biggest uh, kind of red flag that I had for them? Offensive line. Offensive line. They gave up five sacks. Mm. Those five sacks are eventually going to prove costly. I mean, they had a Chandler Jones amount of sacks given up. I mean, eventually it's going to catch up if you're not able to protect Joe Burrow. That's the biggest thing. Yes, you won the game. You you beat the Minnesota Vikings. Great. I love it. Kirk Cousins still had a day. You were able to limit Dalvin Cook. That's awesome. He still scored a TD. But you have to protect Joe Burrow. Stop me if you've heard this before, Drew. What is a common thing that Mike Zimmer teams struggle with? 
ever since he's coached Minnesota, what is something that... Well, uh, closing out games. Yes. Closing out games and penalties. Yeah. Those are two things. They had 12 penalties for 116 yards. You caused this loss for your team. Yeah. Well, they and the, the, the Bengals discipline. only had three. They had three penalties for 15 yards. So... Wildly lopsided. Like, that's a whole hundred that's, hundred. that's a football field worth of penalties more than the Bengals. Yeah. And you, you discipline is what lost this game for Minnesota. Now I will say fantasy wise, I even suggested this to you, Drew. I said, I've got Aaron Rodgers and Kirk cousins on my roster. Yeah. I said, do I want to start Aaron Rodgers against new Orleans or Kirk cousins against the Bengals? Well, going into and, the games, everybody well, would have said start Aaron Rodgers. Not me though. I started Kirk Cousins, and I'm glad I did because Aaron Rodgers got me a whopping in the league I was in one point. I got one point from him. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, thank the Lord, Aaron was on my bench. He got me 26 points. I don't like the way the league is set up, but nevertheless, I made the right decision in that regard, even though they lost. Yeah, the in overtime though, it was overtime. That just tells me how poor the scoring is in that fantasy. That Aaron Rodgers got one point. That, that's ridiculous. The Bengals look good though. I like I watched the highlights on Joe Burrow, like just his plays. I didn't want to watch the teams. He was making some really good decisions. The ball looked effortless coming out of his hand. The Bengals and Cincinnati have something to be looking forward to with him. And he only had seven incompletions. So he's managing the ball well. They were they were moving the ball downfield. They didn't have but three penalties as a team. I mean, that's crazy. That that's those are good things. That's how you win football games. They won the turnover battle. They didn't give up any turnovers. Time of possession was a little lopsided because it did go into overtime. The Bengals did capitalize in winning with a uh, walk-off field goal. I'm a little disappointed with Dalvin Cook, though. He didn't really have a good game. Again, it's week one. I think he's going to carry it throughout the season to be better. All right, Motor City. Man, this game right here. San Francisco visiting Detroit. San Francisco, this was... You were on the edge of your seat if you're a 49ers fan toward the end of the game. Even though this stat line shows that they only won by eight points. Yeah, that's... Th- well, this game was... It, well, hold on. Hold on. Okay. All right. So, Jimmy Garoppolo, the very first snap of his game was a fumble. It, you know, they had a 20-point lead at the, at the crux of the game, uh, and they only won by eight. So, all the stats that you see for Detroit are practically inflated. Yeah. They're, they're garbage time points and stats that they padded at the end of the game. But as San Francisco, as a fan, I'm like, we had a 28-point lead, and ooh, now it's only eight. Like, you get a little nervous. San Francisco lost three fumbles in this game. And that that really attributed to the fact that Detroit was able to, you know, inch back closer and closer to almost an upset for them. But uh, when we get to our winners and losers, I probably have a little bit of surprise for you guys. But, Drew, what, what was your... Uh, thoughts on this game well one thing that i'm gonna i think losing raheem mostert to the end of the for the end of the year to season ending injury is a big blow and it seemed like this guy is never healthy and for him to get knee surgery i think is a much bigger blow than people realize he's got experience now elijah michelle is going to be good i mean he had over 100 yards on the ground san frame uses the running game to set up their passing game and jimmy garoppolo he had a good game I mean, he had over 300 yards. Trey Lance came in for one passing touchdown, and I was like, man, why can't he come in permanently? Because I really want to see the Trey train. Um, now, Debo Samuel, goodness gracious, he had almost 200 yards receiving. Had over 21 yards of reception. Mm-hmm. If he can keep that up, if he can be healthy, and there's a lot of ifs, I think he's going to be good. George Kittle had a decent game. Not too bad. But San Fran offensively looked good. And, Dan, you said... The Detroit, a lot of their stats were inflated. It was toward the end of the game. It was garbage time. Yeah. yeah and you, you know, have to think. You scored 33, but come on. It, you didn't look like you scored 33 points. You you look at Nick Bosa and company, who he's coming off of a season-ending injury last year, and he did fairly well um, for his position uh, coming from injury, and he was thinking, man, we're, we're coasting to a victory. And then as Detroit was scoring more and more points, he's like, crap, I got to put more work into this. Like, we got to close this game out. Yeah, and that's then, not a position I'd want to be in. In Detroit, they only gave up three sacks. And I say only because mm-hmm. San Fran's defense is really good. I expect them to give up more since their offensive line's a little shaky. Penny Sewell, that was his first game playing with Detroit. I like Detroit going forward, but let's let's realize that a lot of their points were toward the end of the game when San Fran had already blown them out of the water. It wasn't even close. Dan, out of the next matchup, 
Who is a wide receiver that I said, you got to pick him up? With Seahawks and Colts, which is what we're, who we're doing next, I know that you have an infatuation with Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Guess what? He had 100 yards, two touchdowns. He crushed it for me in fantasy. I told you guys, Russell Wilson's go-to guy is Tyler Lockett. It's not DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is going to get the attention. He's going to get double teamed. He's going to get blanket coverage. Tyler Lockett is a speedster, and he catches everything. I was so happy to see that he had four targets, 25 yards apiece. He had a great game. Russell Wilson, Dan, you and I know he's good. He's freaking good. Uh, We don't even need to talk much about him because we know he's going to show out every year. What I like about Seattle, though, is they had 140 yards on the ground. This is something that we haven't seen from him, I feel like, in a while. Chris Carson is healthy again, knock on wood. That might not last long. Hold our breath on that one. But I really like what they were able to do offensively. They looked complete. They looked balanced. Offensive line did great. They gave up only three sacks, which I say only because Seattle, we know Russell Wilson gets sacked more than any other quarterback in the league. And it's not even it's not even close, especially against the Colts defense, what they're known for their defensive line. They were able to get after Russell a little bit, but the Colts altogether, they didn't play terrible, but they also didn't play as outstanding on the offensive side of the ball. And Russell Wilson, four touchdowns. They the Colts and Seahawks, they were able to split three sacks apiece. My most concerning point watching Indianapolis is who is Carson Wentz? Who's going to be his number one target? He doesn't have a go-to. T.Y. Hilton is out with an injury. You have Shocker. Zach, you have Zach Pascal, Zach Boyle. Yeah, you have Michael Pittman Jr., who was a uh, draft pick last year for them, who they had hoped that he was going to be the superstar star for them. I just want to know who in that situation with the Colts, who's going to be that go-to in the tough situations? This wasn't an extremely um, bad performance by Indianapolis, um, but you know, opening up against Seattle at, at home, you know, it could be much different if they were actually in Seattle. But this is not the start that Indianapolis wants, especially in a division when you're facing a team like the Titans. So, but you know, this whole weekend, who would have thought that in the AFC South? the team leading the division would be the Texans. Yeah, and then the NFC West, every single team won. Mm-hmm. So you have a div- the hardest and division. And the AFC West. And the AFC West. All You have both the West divisions. Everyone won their game. I like Seattle going forward, though. I try to ma- I'm trying to make a trade for Russell Wilson. We'll see if it happens. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get him, but I would love to pair Russell Wilson with Tyler Lockett because I think that's going to be a dynamic duo throughout the season. All right, Chargers visiting our nation's capital with Washington. We said last week, Drew, it'd be about week six before uh, Fitz Tragic showed up, but unfortunately, we don't even have to wait that long. He's nope. out with a hip injury. Hip injury that is going to take him out for weeks and weeks. So we had uh, Taylor Henneke come in under center. He actually didn't do too bad. No, he played better than, uh, than I think Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. would have. Because the thing is with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dan, he's going to give you 350 yards, 400 yards in the air. But he's going to throw three interceptions. Yeah. It's just how it comes. He's just like so James, James Winston. Winston. Yeah. So Terry McLaurin had one of the best catches that you'll probably see the entire season. Great uh, hands. Great hands. It was a sideline catch uh, floating through the air on against the sideline behind his back. If you haven't seen it, you can go. Again, kudos to Hineke for coming in actually doing better. The LA Chargers, they were able to outpace a good defense. Um, I think this game would have gone differently, Drew, if Washington had a capable quarterback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the Chargers didn't do well enough to put a distance between themselves and Washington. And if Washington had a legitimate quarterback, maybe Kim Newton, this would have been a different situation. Mm -hmm. And and Justin Herbert played a good game. He was throwing the ball. I mean, that the last six minutes, I think it was a little over six minutes, the Chargers had the ball. And they took a knee down within the 10-yard line. They were able to burn clock, and they were able to convert on third down multiple occasions. Mm. The Chargers, Justin Herbert is the QB of the future. And Dan, when he got drafted, I have proof on my phone. I said that Justin Herbert is going to change the franchise, and it's trending that way. I love Justin Herbert. He managed the game well, didn't create too many turnovers, just got sacked twice against a really stout defensive line that you and I are very high on, especially you. Mm-hmm. They they won this game, and... The but thing Rashawn is, Dan, Slater, their first-round pick, who's a stud. My gosh, absolute stud! What a steal! If if his career is a indication of what how he played against uh, the Washington on Sunday, he's going to have a great career. But the thing is, Dan Justin Herbert, this was his first true road game. 
There was no fans last year. So this was his first road game, and he played really well, played against a good Washington defense. But you said it right. If Washington had a just a decent quarterback, Cam Newton or something, they would have won this game. All right, so we got our hometown team, the Carolina Panthers, host of the New York Jets. This game was a snooze fest. I don't know about you, but this game was really boring to watch. It's so boring. This like I had no interest in this game. It was you know Christian Caffrey almost had a hundred yards on the ground. Sam Darnold first game playing for the Panthers against his former team didn't play too bad. I mean he played decent, had almost two hundred and eighty yards in the air, but this game was just a snooze fest. It wasn't fun to watch. It was just like okay, you have two teams that are trying to get better. The Jets. I think they had a couple misses. Uh, they had a couple opportunities that they did whiff on that they could have taken this game over. But this game was just, it wasn't fun to watch. Well, look the Jets, at, though, they gave up six sacks. They did give up six sacks. And, and on Carolina's side, you look, Christian McCaffrey not only led the team in re- rushing yards, obviously, but also receiving yards. And he didn't get 100 of each. So within this game, he didn't reach 100 rushing yards or 100 passing Would have been nice for my fantasy. <laughs> yeah, for your fantasy, that would have been great. But uh, this game, this, you know, good good for Sam Darnold beating his former team. Um, but uh, but we don't really have much. No. To, we don't have much substance of this game. It was just, it was not fun to watch. I think a lot of Panther fans could agree to. Now they did get the win, and that's the most important thing. I don't care if it's my team. I don't care how a team wins as long as they get it. But it just, it wasn't fun to watch. But you I know why? Flip, you know, flip. Because Carolina, Carolina is a middle-of-the-road team, and the Jets are awful. Yeah. So this you is just, the kind of game we expect for, between these two teams. Yeah, I'm not expecting like the, Cowboys and Buccaneers type game. The Carolina sure. Panthers should beat the New York Jets, and the Jets should be bad. Yeah. Your two touchdowns came from Corey Davis and uh, in the offseason, who was a free agent from Tennessee. That's a good start for him. He only got 97 yards in the air, but two touchdowns, that's a two TDs. Yeah, two TDs. So... I want to ask you, Dan, does Urban Meyer know that he's not in college football anymore? I don't, based off his reaction in that game, heck no. But first of all, he's got, he's got, he needs to control his anger. He kind of reminds me of Andy from The Office where he just, I feel like he's just going to go punch a wall at some point. (laughs) But the fact that Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 51 times as a rookie and they only ran the ball 16 times, one of them being Trevor Lawrence, that cannot happen. You cannot have James Robinson only carry the ball five times. Are you kidding me? Did you did he see what James Robinson did last season? I, I don't think he did. I think he wanted to say, you know what? Let's mm-hmm. give Trevor Lawrence the ball and let's let him throw it 51 times. He did throw three touchdowns, but he also gave three interceptions. First time in his career losing in the regular season. Trevor Lawrence had some really good moments, but man, Houston. I mean, Dan, you and I got this pick bad. Especially you, because you thought Houston was going to go winless oh, the yes, entire year. I did. I they looked good out the gate. They were making everyone eat their words. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyra Taylor looked very similar to his time in Buffalo. Not, yeah. not the year in in uh, L.A., but in Buffalo. Trevor Lawrence, three interceptions, but that is typical of a quarterback who is going into his first game into the NFL. And Drew, as you said, his first loss ever, excluding the playoffs, which... I wonder what that feeling is like when you have never lost in the regular season. No, you know what feeling I would want to be asking him? How did you feel knowing that you were going to go to Jacksonville? Because I would be really sad. I would say, you know what? I'm going to go back to Clemson for my senior season. I'm going to avoid uh, going to Jacksonville because Jacksonville, man. Yeah, but then they look bad. They would probably be number one pick again. Watching him in that jersey, in that teal that they've now made their home jersey instead of just an alternate, even though they were in Houston because Houston always starts the season uh, wearing their white jersey. I was like, this just does not look right. Like he was such an an amazing collegiate quarterback, and to see him in Jacksonville, it was I didn't like it. Uh, I feel bad for him. I said Houston would go zero and seventeen. Look, I already screwed that up week one, but that's that's okay. Urban Meyer. I, I have faith that they, they can go one in 16. So well, <laughs> I, I have faith in that. You say, they're, they're your, your thought is you're going to lose the rest of the season. You, I mean, That's we what just, think. what we knew is that Jacksonville was bad. We just now know that they are really bad. Yeah. And Urban Meyer, you think he's okay with this position or did he see that position open up at USC and like, he's, I think Urban Meyer is a little crazy. I, I understand Chad Khan wanted to, to bring him in and he thought that he's made the right move. I also have told you, Dan, personally, I don't think it was a good hire. I think Urban Meyer, he had a lot of talent around him in college. I just, man, I, I think he's he's got some some 
anger issues, and I'm trying to be real sensitive with saying that. He's just a ball of crazy. One of my favorite games this weekend, Drew, to watch was Cleveland versus Kansas City. This was Cleveland's game to lose, but in typical fashion, Patrick Mahomes finds a way to win, and it's yep. kind of a little irritating at this point. The only time that he's lost when he's been losing by 10 or more points is in the Super Bowl. Every game that he's been losing by 10 or more points, he's won. Mm -hmm. And do you know, Drew, how many games and how many interceptions he has in the month of September? Uh, zero. Zero. He has never lost a game in September, and he has never thrown in an interception. Patrick Mahomes is good. He is good. Breaking news. I <laughs> mean, we, we all know you. that. Thank he, you. he is who we thought he is. Well, last week I said Cleveland was Kansas City's little brother, and that's what happened. They The little brother lost to the big brother. Uh, but I see this as an AFC championship preview. These are two great teams. It was back and forth the entire game. I loved it. Uh, it was a great AFC matchup. Uh, but that was... What I noticed from this game, Drew. The, the the problem is they, what the nail in the coffin was is when they left Tyree Kill wide open. Oh, uh, I mean he wasn't necessarily wide open. Coverage. He was he was he was covered, quote unquote. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did a really good job of throwing it on his backside so Tyree Kill could turn around. But man, you have to cover Tyree Kill. I mean, the Hill and Kelsey just put all your defensive players on them. Hmm. That's all you have to do. Don't don't guard anyone else. Just put it on them too. Because they came up in the big moments. They put the game away. If you had Tyreek Kill on your fantasy, have a day because he gave you a ton of points. I agree with you, Dan. I think this is an AFC you know, uh, conference preview. They they played exceptionally well all around. I think this was a really exciting game outside of, of the you know Cowboys-Tampa game. I think this was the second best game this entire weekend. It was a really good game. I'm looking forward to possibly seeing them in the playoffs. I think we will see them in the playoffs because of how good they both are. Baker Mayfield looked pretty good, but he the one mistake that he made is throwing that interception. And and I wouldn't even necessarily put it on him. I think, you know, he was kind of clipped. It's just unfortunate that the one mistake that he made in this game was toward the end, and it, it proved costly for them. Mm -hmm. So this is the only game that you and I split last week, Miami against New England. This was Mac Jones' first game. Mac Jones looked good to me. He looked like this guy was zipping the ball around. He was throwing it, making accurate passes. I like Mac Jones. I, he looks confident in the pocket. He looks bold. He looks like, you know, Tom Brady's little brother in a way. Defensively, they played well too. It's just Miami made, be, you know, better plays. They just won by a single point. Mm -hmm. There's nothing flashy about them. I think Tua Tagovailoa, who you know I'm not high on, he didn't have a good game either. Well, well, I will argue neither of them truly had a good game overall. Tua is finishing out his rookie year. Again, he started late last year. Mac is in full swing in his they both had turnover problems, whether it was a fumble or interception that's indicative of rookie quarterbacks, just like with Trevor Lawrence. However, both or one of these teams are going to have to play better for any chance at getting a wild card spot in a very difficult AFC division, sure. excuse and, me, um, conference. And the thing is, Miami, they just had an, a couple extra plays that then went in their favor. New England, they played a good, clean game. Defensively and offensively, they just didn't convert when the time was needed to be converted. So, uh, again, this is the only game that you and I split. It was a very even game. Uh, it was kind of boring, just like the Carolina Jets game. But Mac Jones, just looking at how he was able to move the ball downfield and being able to be confident with his passes and quick decision-making because Miami was was getting after him. He had to throw the ball away quick, and he was making accurate passes. Yeah, Green Bay and New Orleans next up. This is a matchup that you and I, everybody, absolutely, everybody. Let's say, yeah, that's true. Everybody, every single person, not a, not a not one, not an iota, would say that Green Bay would only score a field goal. Uh, for my fantasy, obviously, Aaron Rodgers got one point. Jones got one point. It was sad. If you're looking at your fantasy, you are frustrated. But <laughs> with next week, you should be ecstatic. Uh, week one was either a fluke for Green Bay or Green Bay and James Winston. Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. Okay, well, that audio clip sounded like it was from the 30s because uh, the screeching in the background. Apologies, but Green Bay was playing New Orleans in Jacksonville because Jacksonville was in Houston. Well, you know, Dan, you know what we saw that uh, we're used to is at least one team stinking in that stadium. You know, normally it's Jacksonville, <laughs> but we saw Green Bay today. Uh, week one was either a fluke for Green Bay or Green Bay and Jameis Winston. 
I don't know if it was the LASIK or whatever his trainer told him, just like in that clip, but he was rolling this past week and five touchdowns. Yeah, but Dan, he didn't even throw 150 yards. That's that's the beauty of it. No, that's annoying. How do you throw five touchdowns and you don't even have 150 <laughs> yards in the air? That is insane. Alvin Kamara, he didn't have a great game, but like I said last week, I wouldn't have drafted him in the first round well, this year. He got one touchdown, so I guess okay. that's something. But how many, how many rushing yards did he have? At 83 yards. Okay, rushing thank yards. you. So he had, him and Derrick Henry did not that's have a great decent. Yeah. Him, Derek, and Christian didn't have great rushing weekends, but week one, baby. I heard on the radio that this is clever on behalf of New Orleans. If this is true, that they chose Florida because Aaron Rodgers does not play well in Florida or in hot weather. Yeah, I can see that. I initially thought about that with when they picked the the Jaguars. Say now the Jaguars were. Great with their hospitality. They were away anyways. There's no point of them even needing to not have them. Uh, plus, that's more money in Chad Khan's pocket. But it, it looked like uh, Jacksonville fans on Twitter were like, thank you for showing us what a real team looks like. Yeah. Uh, that, but uh, they had the, everything was, it looked like, um, it looked like the Saints stadium because everything, all of the the banners and logos and all of that said Saints. It just was outdoors instead of the Superdome. Well, yeah, the Superdome, they need or to get Caesar, rid of it. It's a Caesar that, Dome now. It, well, it's still crap. They need to get rid of that thing. That thing's a dump. Uh, th- there's a lot of stadiums that need to be torn down, and that is one of them. I get it. There's a lot of history there, but get rid of it. Right, that thing that, is terrible. You're, you're going off the trail. Okay, well. Do you see that atrocious roughing the passer penalty on Zadarius Smith? No, but I do like Zadarius Smith. So. I know you do. He is your guy, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it, because it, it go and look at that clip, and you will. It's we're in the no fun league. It's super soft. Super soft. Tim Ply. If you looked at Aaron Rodgers and his fantasy, you know where he ranked in fantasy this past weekend, Drew? Probably 33rd quarterback. Nope, 35th. He was oh, I, knew, I knew he wasn't top 32. Marcus there was some, Mariota on yeah, Monday night. Exactly. Because he, he had, had a lot of one yards. play. Yeah. And he had more points. I than knew him. he wasn't top 32 because I knew a lot of uh, like back of quarterback, like Trey Lance and Marcus Mariota, Taylor mm-hmm. Henneke. They didn't start their games. Yeah, Aaron Jones was non-existent in this game. It was probably the most embarrassing game of Aaron Rodgers' career, but we know what, and probably the best for Jameis, but we know what happens when Aaron Rodgers has a bad game. The next game, it's it's a completely different story. He plays yep. pissed. Make sure you have all the Packer players that you can possibly have on your fantasy next You remember week. a couple of seasons ago where people were saying that they need to push the hot button or whatever, and he said, no, slow down. Yeah, he said, he said like, remain stop, calm. Yeah, don't don't push the panic button. It's early in the season. That's the same thing with Tom Brady when they won the Super Bowl that year with the Patriots. When he did Which year? Yeah, yeah, which year? But they, I think it was the first game or two. They like they lost like two games in the first mm-hmm. four or five. I don't remember. And everybody's like, oh, the Patriots are done. And Tom Brady's like, slow down, slow your roll. Like, it's early in the season. Yes, this is a historically bad performance by Aaron Rodgers. But like Dan said, you better start him next week. I have him. Guess what? I'm going to be playing him. I want to piss off Aaron Rodgers. I want 50, 60 fantasy points. Sign me up. Let's talk about the Broncos and Giants. Again, this is another game. Eh, not necessarily the, the funnest of things. Now, Jerry Judy, he's hurt. I don't know if he's going to be playing much yeah. going forward. He's got He's got some four to six weeks. Yeah, so that's good for me, I guess, because I have Corlin Sutton. Uh, he only had one reception, and I said this is someone that you guys need to get. Well, I still have confidence in him. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm cool with Corlin Sutton only getting one reception. I I had him in my flex, so that was kind of was kind of bad on my part. Well, we're gonna, uh, but know, I think he's gonna be good going forward. I'm we, gonna give you some waiver picks, and I'll I'll address that a little later on in the podcast. Okay, I said last week, you know the the football media likes to say teams that are traveling across the country that I don't want to pick them because they're having to make a long trek. And I think that that you know is how many, Tom Foolery. You know yeah, yeah. I think that's Tom Foolery. Oops. Because it is week one. You are not having to sandwich travel between two games. It's the first game of the season. And you had a bye week between preseason and regular season. So what happened? L.A., the Chargers, went to Washington and won. Denver, they went to the Big Apple, and they won. Denver led in almost all metrics, including more than 11 minutes of time of possession than the Giants. This Giants offense is going to have to beef up their production if they want to compete with the Cowboys. They're the only team, I think, maybe the Eagles, if you want to base off the first game, but I still don't think it's them, you know, because the Giants have a better defense than the Eagles do. 
the Giants, you're going to have to beef it, beef it up if you want to be able to compete in this division, which is the worst division in the entire league. You know, Saquon Barkley had half of the carries for the Giants. The problem is the Giants' total carries was 20, so he only had 10. And it might be because he's limited and he's coming off an yeah. ACL injury yes. from last season. And if that's the case, it's valid. But, man, your running game has to depend on Saquon Barkley. And if teams can figure out, if we stop Saquon Barkley, we win this game. It's that simple. I don't have any faith in, quote-unquote, your quote, Danny Bagganichols. Uh, he threw the ball 37 times. That's great. Awesome. He didn't turn the ball over. That's great. That's awesome, too. It's even more impressive. But, man, he is not, he's not someone that can take over the game, and they need to rely on their running game. You have to. There was only three different ball carriers in this game, and Daniel Jones was one of them. So who are they going to rely on? Drew, probably my favorite game. Well, Monday night was was pretty exceptional, but Chicago visiting L.A. Rams in that beautiful SoFi Stadium to finally see fans in it, it was immaculate. I think the reason why I enjoyed it so much is because I have Matt Stafford as my quarterback. Yeah. The Rams looked absolutely fantastic in this game, and I'm optimistic about this offense with Matt Stafford under center. Chicago had fields come in some plays, but I wonder who the heck is going to be the quarterback. Is it going to be Andy next week or Justin Fields? Because that really affects who I pick next week as my winner. I had to really think about who I'm going to choose to well, win. Well, I'm not picking Chicago. I don't care. I don't trust your offense whatsoever. Do you know who they're playing then? I don't care who they're playing. They're playing I, Cincinnati. Then I'm going to pick Cincinnati. I'm dead serious. I don't need to know. it. They're, Chicago's defense is good. But I'm picking Joe Burrow over anything that Chicago is going to produce as far as quarterback. All right. So, I, well, I, at the, just seriously, at the end of the podcast, we'll give you our picks for next week. But this was an uh, awesome game to watch. Uh, I'm really high on the Rams. I said that they would be they're They're going to be cruising to the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to win the division, but they're going to be in the playoffs. They look good. <laughs> they look really good. I think Matthew Stafford. Man, he was excited to be in a place with weapons that, that, that with weapons, weapons that, could, that could protect him, that the defense can actually show up. You know, he only got sacked one time. That, that like, is not the this case. This is in the Detroit. height of luxury. Yeah, and he has multiple weapons. Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, Robert Woods, stop me. I mean, it's the list goes on and on. They have a really deep team. Sean McVay wants to throw the ball, but he only threw it 26 times, Dan. Who he, is, had, he only had six incompletions. Who's their leading rusher? I, I, I'm blanking. Daryl Henderson, dreads. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, he, See, he that's a, why they keep throwing Yeah, it. he had a decent game, but they only had 50 plays offensively, so they didn't have a ton of plays. Chicago almost had 20 more plays than the Rams, and they lost by and 20 they were, points. They were bad. They almost had a point for every you know play they had more than the Rams. Let's talk about the Monday Night Football, the last game of the week. Ooh, Baltimore Ravens. this game. Yeah, Baltimore mm. Ravens against the Las Vegas Raiders. It was nice for them to for fans to finally experience what that stadium, that black hole, the Death Star, whatever you want to call it. it that's a that's a great stadium. I don't think it's the nicest stadium. I think there's a I think know, SoFi is nicer. Not yeah. I, and I think and uh, US Bank in Minnesota. If you look at Las Vegas's stadium, it looks really boring on the inside. Yeah. And I maybe think that's, that's just why. maybe it's just what they showed on TV. Oh, the torch looks Awesome. Oh, awesome. A torch. Yay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, saying, it's like I, I, in the, honor of Al Davis. So, but on the inside, it just doesn't look exciting. You and I have had the pleasure of going to AT&T Stadium, AT&T Stadium, that stadium, man, that that's a stadium. Now yeah, but, you and I haven't been to the newer stadiums. Like you said, us bank, uh, within Minnesota. So far, Mercedes Benz, there's a, there's a lot of new stadiums that we haven't been to yet. Uh, that, that are, you know, we would love to, but from TV-wise, stadium didn't look good. You know who looked good, though? The Raiders. The Raiders looked good. Derek Carr looked good. He had over 400 yards passing, Dan. Mm-hmm. 400 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the dude is a stud. And last year, we talked about how Derek Carr, for parts of the season, looked like an MVP. Yeah, the first quarter, half. Yeah, MVP you know, caliber quarterback. He looked good. Lamar Jackson, he had some costly fumbles. I think his the fact that he can't hold on to the ball was a huge factor in this game. I think they would have yeah. won the game if he could hold mm-hmm. on to it. Yeah, Max Max Crosby was in his kitchen the entire night. Yeah, and but Las Vegas, they did what they were supposed to. When the time mattered, they ended up producing, and that's something that they struggled with last season. They couldn't produce when it came to uh, big moments. Now, Baltimore's rushing attack had almost 200 yards on the ground, so they were very balanced offensively with passing the ball and rushing the ball. The problem is Derek Carr... They gave up a ton of yards in the air. 
Yeah. Who would have thought that maybe Marcus well, Peters being gone? Yeah. yeah I mean, they had injuries. a lot of injuries and, and Marcus Peters showed that his absence is a big thing. And that's something that teams are going to be looking to expose going forward. Marlon Humphreys is in the secondary for Baltimore and without having Marcus Peters, it really exposes their back end and, and Derek Carr was able to take advantage. You know, why I was happy about this game, Drew. Tell me why I was happy about this game. You're happy about this game because it was another football so, game. No, 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 no. A certain player. Darren Waller. I have him. Oh, yeah. And he won me. Literally, I won my fantasy because of Darren and Darren alone. He is the number one target in Las Vegas, and it's the worst kept secret. John Gruden said after the game that he is the, his most favorite player that he's ever coached in his entire career. I'm like, that's high praise. especially Well, his, his story is awesome. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't listened to his story, you need to listen to his story. It's it's incredible. Uh, the fact that he is, uh, I think they said last night he's four years sober, I think. Yeah, he, he, four or five he, years sober. Which is ironic because he was with Baltimore when he yeah. had that one-year suspension for substance abuse. And it's cool because Max Crosby said that Darren Waller is actually the reason why he's uh, over a year sober now. So yeah. that's cool to see that Darren Waller is able to help, in, help his teammates and now you have multiple people on the roster that are uh, sober, and that's awesome to see. Yeah, this was an amazing game. Like I said, back and forth, the overtime went to Las Vegas. Uh, but considering the injuries that Baltimore's had to endure this past week alone, within their secondary, within losing not one, two, but three running backs, this game was really close. And kudos to Baltimore for keeping it and putting it into overtime. Now, granted, they were up 14 points to start the game, uh, but slowly Las Vegas was chipping away. And they were able to take it after Lamar Jackson actually fumbled in overtime. And they yeah. were able to to score on that drive. I love watching a good Derek Carr. I think it's good for Las Vegas. I think it's good for football. He's someone that I like off the field as a person, a human being. And to see him produce like he did yesterday in the game and come up big, I, I'm enjoying seeing it. And I hope uh, that his new hairstyle, because this is the first time I've seen his hair not buzzed, uh, so maybe the flow that he's starting to grow out is going to uh, work wonders for him. Maybe he got tired of looking like Sid the Kid from Toy maybe. Story. I mean, he he de- his eyes, you know, sometimes do like like he's wearing uh, like eye black or something. It looks like he's wearing eyeliner. So yeah, it looks like yeah, it's, yeah. Sorry, not eye black. So that's it for all the games breaking down. But Dan, for you, who is maybe a team that was a winner for you, and maybe a team that was a big loser? Uh, maybe some question marks. <laughs> well, big losers, obviously Green Bay. I would also clump Tennessee in there. As well, Dallas, I think Dallas is a winner, even though they lost, as well as Detroit. They were also a winner because they were down 28 points and they clawed their way back for a team that I said, aren't they're not even going to win any games well, this year. Well, see, yeah, but that's not a winner for me. It, you you, you but clawed is, back in my, garbage oops, time. Oops. This is, yeah, but you still have to be able to play a full 60 minutes. Yes, but that, that we, we, this is my list. You have your list. I'm <laughs> giving my list. This, I think that's th- a terrible list. Well, you know what? Well, guess what? It's my list. Or that uh, winner, wait, I should say. Zip it. Uh, Cleveland and Kansas City, you're both winners, even though there was only one winner. No, I asked for your winner and loser. Are you going to go oh, through all thirty? You're going to go through all thirty-two teams. Yeah. Well, I was no. Gonna, you're not going through no, all. No, I was going to spotlight some, but those are fine. Oops, you can go. The floor is yours. I mean, I think a winner. I'm just going to give. Uh, I think the Cowboys, obviously, they're a winner. They deserve to be in there. Had a great game against Tampa Bay. I think another winner, though, I'm going to say is Houston. The fact that you were able to win a game that nobody thought you were going to win, you played against a Jacksonville team who, man, we thought they were bad, but they even proved us even to be wrong within that. They're worse than that. I think a loser, though, is San Francisco. They won the game, but they gave up 33 points against a, a Detroit team that we know has a lot of question marks. I and you're supposed to be, well. yeah, they, they are one of the Super Bowl picks for a lot of people, and you gave up a ton of points against them. That you can't have that with San Fran. You, you got to be better than that. All right, those are our winners and losers. I didn't get through all mine, but that's okay. On the we're gonna take a quick break. On the other side, we will give you our week two picks. Stay with us. Show break. Got social, got social media? Give Dan and Drew a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Dan and Drew Show. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Dana Drew Show. Thursday night football, boy, what a snooze fest. And if you have errands you have to do, <laughs> do anything it. in your life, you got do school it. work to catch up with. Yeah, don't wait till Sunday when we have a whole host of games to watch. Do it tonight because you have the Giants going to Washington. Uh, this game, I, I, you know, 
why this is painful why would you make us do this nfl remember a couple of seasons ago andrew it was jacksonville and tennessee these two teams are it i've got the new york giants simply because washington doesn't have a quarterback that's yeah, it that's i as mean quick as i'm gonna i be. think uh, <laughs> this game is really bad i think if i flip a coin i will be uh disappointed with either one yeah i it just is like what polycrap smells the least and i think they both stink and uh i don't know i think i'm gonna go with you though i think i'm gonna go with the new york giants to win this game so for a one o'clock slate of games, we've got New England visiting their division rival, the New York Jets, New England. The, the Jets are not good. It was a boring game this past weekend. They just don't have enough as a roster to be able to compete with Bill Belichick. You know, the thing is, then I said I'm going to go with the Giants. You know what? I'm going to switch it because it's at home in Washington. Honestly, they look bad. I think their defense is going to bounce back, and I think Washington is going to win this game. But moving on with the Patriots and Jets game, though, I really like how the Patriots played. I think Mac Jones had a really good game Def- defensively. They played well against Miami. I'm going with the Patriots. Denver's visiting Jacksonville for Jacksonville's home opener. Denver. This is, I'm concerned that Jared Judy is out four to six weeks with an injury, but there is an accouplement of talent sure. for Denver and not enough for Jacksonville, especially defensively. Man, that was an awful performance. I, I have Denver in this. You know, I'm surprised that Denver's opening up as a uh, uh, minus six a favorite within this game. I don't see Denver winning by six or more points. I think it's going to be closer than people anticipate, but I'm still going Denver. I think what they were able to do in week one, the fact that Jacksonville, man, their defense looked bad too. So what's, I'm going to go with the, the Broncos. What's the over under in this game? 45 and a half. So you're telling I'm me that say, I'm taking under. I'm, I'm taking the over. You're a 45 and a half. I'm taking yeah, over 23 points. Yeah. a team. I think, I think both teams are going to score more than that. I'm going to go with the over. Okay. Well, you and I can take the split on the pick six with that next matchup. We got Buffalo visiting a division rival, the Miami dolphins. Buffalo is bouncing back after it, yeah. what is a weak sauce performance at home. I have uh, Buffalo going down to Miami and, and taking this handily. I'm not taking, uh, or I'm not picking against a Josh Allen who I know is pissed right now. And I know he wants to go down there and relinquish that anger. And I think that the Bills are going to spank the Miami Dolphins. And I'm talking about winning by more than three touchdowns. Well, what's the um, the point total, Drew? Well, right now it's 47 and a half. And I think the Bills are going to score that alone. I think that they're going to put up a ton of points and this game's not going to be close. And the, the point spread's a minus three and a half, I think, for this game. So I think that's... The, the fact that they think that Miami is going to be within... I would take that bet right now. Uh-huh. I would take Buffalo minus three and a half as a lock. I'm going to put that in my notes. I'm picking them out as a, as a lock for that. San Francisco is going to the city of brotherly love. San Francisco, you nearly had an upset in Detroit. I don't see that happening this week. Philadelphia, you had a great first week against a... It's not a great team in Atlanta... I don't foresee that happening two weeks in a row. I have San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, Philly's defense looked good, their week one matchup. But the thing is, San Francisco, their defense didn't. Like I said, I was disappointed. I think they were a week one loser despite winning their game against Detroit. I think San Fran's going to come out offensively. They're going to produce. We know that. We know that they're going to put up points. But defensively, you have to rebound from an embarrassing performance. I'm going with the Niners in this matchup. LA Rams are going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. And I as seeing the Rams this past week. I don't know when I'm going to yeah. take them to lose again. I mean, they look good that and I don't I'm, even need to explain. I'm going yeah, Rams, Rams easy in this game mm-hmm. for sure. We got the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers in the steel city. It's I a had, tough one. <laughs> this was a tough one if you go, based off of both of their performances this past weekend. However, I think that Pittsburgh is a better team overall than the Las Vegas Raiders. Although I would not be upset yeah. with an upset. So, uh, but I still have Pittsburgh. I'm going with the Raiders here. I think defensively, yes, we know Pittsburgh is going to be there. Do I trust that Pittsburgh is going to outscore the Raiders? I don't trust that. I think the Raiders are going to go in there. They're going to upset the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their first home game of the year. I like Las Vegas. So Cincinnati, we already alluded to this earlier. Cincinnati will be visiting the Chicago Bears yep. in the Windy City I'm taking Chicago. You're taking Cincinnati taking regardless. Cincinnati. Yep. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is Don't for care. Chicago. You're taking Cincinnati. The Houston Texans will be going up to Cleveland to play the Browns after a disappointing loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. Houston's on this this high, and it'll probably be the highest they ever feel for the entire season. I think this past weekend was an absolute fluke for Houston. I have Cleveland. Just give me all the give me the money line, give me the points, but give me everything. I take Cleveland. I think losing to Kansas City the way they did, it's a bad taste in their mouth. 
if Baker Mayfield doesn't throw that interception, I have confidence that Cleveland actually wins that game. But they didn't. They come back to the land, and I think Cleveland's going to take the win against Houston. The last game in the 1 o'clock window, we have the New Orleans Saints visiting a division rival, the Carolina Panthers. New Orleans, defensively, I think is going to be too much for Carolina and Sam Darnold with his new team. I have New Orleans taking the, the win against the division yeah, rival. I have the Saints winning too, and I actually like the point spread as well, or the total points, which is 44. I'm actually going to go the over on that. I, I think take 44 points for both teams, Yeah, that's too that's too small. Mm. So I like the over on that. At 4.05, we have Minnesota visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Minnesota is going off a disappointing loss in overtime against the Bengals, which they should have won that game. Arizona, they completely put it top to bottom against the Tennessee Titans. They manhandled them. I'm going to take Arizona in their home opener. I'm going to take Arizona as well because I trust Arizona's defense more than I trust the Vikings. And I think offensively, I think both teams are fully capable of scoring a lot of points. Minnesota's defense worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think think Arizona, they're a better team than the Bengals were, and the Bengals were able to beat Minnesota. So I like Arizona winning this game. In the second of the two four or five games, we have the Atlanta Falcons visiting division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do we need to even go further? It's nope. the Bucs. Said that they're not losing a single game this year. Yep. And go ahead. Keep going. Moving. 425. The Tennessee Titans will be going all the way across the country at 425 to play the Seattle Seahawks. Against a Russell Wilson that never loses at home. He doesn't lose at home. Tennessee, this is a tough road game. You know, we got kicked in the mouth last week. Yeah, so it's it's like okay, who's going to show? I think Tennessee's going to do better than last week. However, I don't see them. I don't. Seattle. I don't bet against Russell Wilson at home. Nope. No way. No how. Never so will. We're both taking Seattle in this one. Sure. Dallas at four twenty five is going to SoFi Stadium to play the Los Angeles Chargers. This one was a tough one for me. However, I'm trusting Dallas's offense more than I'm trusting the overall Charger squad. Yeah, I'm taking Dallas. You know, the thing is, the Chargers are a minus three favorite in this game. I feel like it should be flipped. I feel like the Cowboys should be a favorite in this game. Mm-hmm. I like Justin Herbert. I think yeah. he's going to do well in this game. I just think Dak Prescott is going to put up more points. Mm-hmm. I have to go with the Cowboys here. As much as I want the Chargers to win, my heart says Chargers, but my head says the Cowboys. So the Sunday night game is Kansas City against the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. Baltimore will be at home. They're coming off of a disappointing loss. The thing is, when the season started, or when we were talking about preseason, I was high on Baltimore, but you have so many injuries. They're this year's 49ers, yeah. and that doesn't help them. Even though they're at home, this is their home opener. I'm taking Kansas City. In fact, I only said Kansas City would lose two games this year. This is not going to be one of them. Absolutely. If uh, Derek Carr was able to put up over 400 yards against Baltimore, I think Patrick Mahomes has the capability to put it up over 500. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs here, and I think this game is going to be uh, I don't think it's going to be close. I think that Kansas City has the ability to win by more than two touchdowns. So the Monday Night Football game, we have the Detroit Lions visiting the Green Bay Packers. Hey, pissed off Aaron Rodgers. Yep. So <laughs> that's, that's all you got to say. It's He's pissed off, so I'm taking pissed off person. And that's yeah, uh, Green Bay. And he's playing at home. He does not lose at Lambeau, and he does not lose at Lambeau when he's angry. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to poke the bear. And Lions, you played you know, pretty decent against, uh, or I should say offensively, against the 49ers. You gave up uh, 41 points, which is a lot. But I like Aaron Rodgers at home. I'm going with the Packers. So a couple, before we wrap up the episode, a couple waiver wire picks that you could possibly think about. Elijah Mitchell, Drew, you alluded to it earlier. He's the San Francisco running back. He came in after Raheem Mostert went down. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. You know how many people have Elijah Mitchell on their roster? Less than 1% of fantasy owners have him on their roster. I, I guarantee they have him up now. See, that's why. So do I. I picked so, him up. I well, picked him in one of my leagues, not, okay. not the one that Not ours, because I'm number one in the waiver wire. No, <laughs> so it's, no, it's, Dan already has him. He yeah. already. It's not even a wire, wire pickup. He already has him on his roster. This past weekend, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Kyle Shanahan loves Mitchell, and I would pick him as a wire. Sterling Shepard, another guy you talked about. Only yep. 25% of people in leagues have him. Had over 100 yards and a touchdown. New York Giants wide receiver, I would take Sterling Shepard as well. With Denver, because Judy is going to be out for over a month, you have Cortland Sutland. I would go a little further than that. You could take K.J. Hamler or Tim Patrick, two wide receivers. They both looked okay in this game. After Judy went out, they ha- were able to produce, so you could possibly pick them up. Either one of them at this point, I would probably take Tim Patrick first. In Arizona, Christian Kirk, a wide receiver. He was 5-for-5 five five this past Sunday with two touchdowns. Only 14% of fantasy owners have him. I don't know if that's indicative for the entire season. The, the Arizona in general, all of them had a good game. 
And that's what happens when you score that many points. Everyone gets a little piece of the pie. The last waiver wire pick I have is Cole Kement. He's a tight end with Chicago. Here's an asterisk with this one. I would only pick him up if your starting tight end is on a bye week. And mm. we don't have any buys for the next couple of weeks. I don't think they start till week five or six. So just hold off on that unless you desperately need a tight end. But I would put him in your back pocket, save it for later, uh, only if your starting tight end is on a bye week. But that's my waiver wires. Yeah, you did a pretty good job. I, I like a lot of those. One that was a little that was a little patronizing, thank you. Well, you did a good job. One one player that I would add on there is Van Jefferson. So the Rams, you, you're probably saying, man, the Rams have so many targets. You already have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson looked like he was going to be, he looked like he was Matthew Stafford's kind of like security blanket. Like he was kind of his bailout guy. And I know Cooper Cup gets a lot of attention and Robert Woods has been there a long time. And of course you have Tyler Higby too. There's a lot of weapons, but I like Van Jefferson. He's actually going to be someone I'm going to acquire because I'm first on the waiver wire. I'm going to acquire him. And, you know, Sterling Shepard is an option there, but the thing is, I don't trust Daniel Jones, which is why I want to go with Van Jefferson. Mm. And the thing is, Dan, only 2% of people have them on their rosters. So this is someone that, that you can acquire, someone that you can pick up. Maybe some other players that you could pick up are Jawan Johnson, tied in for the New Orleans Saints. thing is, he's only on less than 2% of rosters as well. He's a tight end, had two tugs this weekend, someone to acquire. Now, the tight end market right now, a lot of people aren't really, you know, going too deep. They're usually sticking with one tight end, and then when their bye week comes around, they pick up a tight end. But this is someone that you could possibly use as a flex as well if you are that desperate. Do I think you should? Absolutely not. I'm a huge. I'm totally against using tight ends as flex options. Don't like it. Don't do it. But it is an option if you need it. Somebody else that I would consider doing just because he's not on a lot of rosters is Emmanuel Sanders. Now he's someone that is everybody knows him around the league. He's only on less than 18 percent of rosters. The reason why a lot of players or a lot of people aren't picking him up is because Buffalo had a terrible week one. Look for Emmanuel Sanders to be getting the ball because Stefan Diggs is going to get a, a ton of attention. Buffalo doesn't really give their ball to the running backs. It's usually to the wide receivers. So put Emmanuel Sanders in that category of someone you can pick up in the waiver wire. All right, Dan, you got anything else? No, that's it. We just just hope my picks are much better this week than last yeah, week. Well, you and I can uh, say the same thing. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening this week on week two of the NFL season. We'll see you next Thursday. Much love. Thanks for listening to The Dan and Drew Show. Catch all our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'll catch you next week for your weekly hit on all things sports. Signing off.